Hello and welcome to the very first Hellmend Me podcast. My name is Briebs and I will be your host for these podcasts. This is the very first one. There is fuck all content on the channel as of yet, but after this goes up, we'll be laughing. Now, I don't have anything in particular that I'm setting out to to do with these podcasts. I'm just going to rant, basically, and speak about music, speak about life, speak about everything, basically. I don't have anything planned for this episode, so I thought, what better way to give you a judge of character into who is actually hosting this, what kind of cretin I am. I'm going to take you through some memories of mine, just to get the ball rolling. So without further ado, let the first show begin. Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No. I am your father. Search your feelings, you know it to be true. No! No! Fuck, man. Imagine finding out that Big Darth Vader's your dad. If anything's going to make you need those 40 milligrams of citalopram, that'll fucking do it. Imagine sitting here and Big Darth walks in. I'm your da. And then the realisation smacks you like a fucking bus that you've shoved your tongue down your sister's throat. I actually seen seen it. I feel like I can identify with, with Luke Skywalker. I mean, I never fancied my sister or nothing like that, but there are similarities. I remember being about 10 years old, right? And I found out that my dad was a polis. And my reaction was pretty close to that of Luke's. Now, take a second to think about this, right? My dad was a policeman. One of the most hated jobs in the central belt of Scotland that you could possibly have. He remembered telling me stories of working in White Hill when he was getting fucking... He was getting chased by kids with a jerry can trying to set him on fire or... Shit like that, man. It was fucked up. So not only was my dad a police, but my dad was also a referee. A polis and a referee. Really take a second to try and understand the process of what it was like for me when I went to high school. Trying to carry that burden and, and keep it a secret for as long as possible. That my dad, as a referee, he lives on a street full of polis in a town filled with junkies and he chose to be a referee on top of that. What a dick. So as a high school right, I managed to keep it quiet for about fucking four days. And then it happened. I was in English with Miss Thompson, right? And she was a fucking boot man. Imagine Maggie Thatcher cross with a Bill Mastiff with Roid Rage. That was Miss Thompson. One Friday afternoon, she was handing out these wee exercise books that you had to fill in with all this information about yourself so that everyone could get to know you. You know the type of shit you do in first year at school when it's the front of your homework diary or whatever? My name is... Brian and I like fucking spaghetti, whatever. One of those things. 
So Miss Thompson starts handing them out. We fill them in. I miss out a few sections and this happens. Oh, Brian, you seem to have missed out the section that asks you about your father's occupations. Oh, have I? Sorry, miss. Well, why don't you just tell us now, Brian? Eh, well, no, no, I'll just write it down, miss. Oh, go on, Brian. We're going to be reading them out anyway, so let's just start with you. Honestly, miss, it's best that I don't. Come on now, Brian, I'm sure all the other students want to hear what your father does. I mean, this is back in the day before you couldn't ask that because your dad might be deeder in the jail or he, he might be your mother as well as your father due to gender issues, fuck knows. So I just start rattling off all these other choices, things that just popped into my head. He's deed. Uh, he's a junkie bastard, miss. Uh, I was adopted by a single mother. He's in the jail, he's, he's the fucking milkman. Brian, we're waiting. Eh, uh, well, miss... My dad is a polis. Oh, re- and... Fuck it in for a penny and for a pound, eh? And he's a referee. Now, I remember having my head down right and saying that. And then I looked up. My eyes slowly raising. And there was silence. Like, see the beginning of Saving Private Ryan, that montage where they're just storming the Normandy beaches and it's all slow motion and you can't hear nothing. I look round the whole class and it's like that slow motion. The teacher's pencil is slowly falling to the ground and children's jaws are wide open. I'm positive I can see one boy pulling at a chib and grinning at me and the lassie next to me shaking her head and the boy to the right is fucking slowly dropping his head into his hands. The fuck have I done? What the fuck have I done? The sound of the teacher's pencil hitting the ground rings through the whole class. And she looks at me, and she slowly points at the door. Get. Fucking. Out, Brian. Get. Out. And that was it. My high school career was fucking over before it even started. I was a leper. You students mocked me and teachers laughed at me. I was always picked last, if at all, for Fitba. Dinner ladies always ensured that my mash was lumpy as fucking. Everywhere I went, there were whispers of fucking. <coughs> oink, oink, or who's the mason in the black? Fucking brutal, man. And this went on for about four months until a new boy started. Tommy Wilson. My saviour. He was actually a really good a really good football player and he was quite a nice guy. But he did not stand a fucking chance, man. You see, the, the problem with Tommy Wilson was that he was the worst of them all. No, no. His dad wasn't a referee. His dad wasn't a polis. No, no. Worse. Tommy was for England. I kind of felt sorry for him. I mean, I didn't obviously have a say in my dad's job, but he really didn't have a say in where he was born. I identified with what this boy was going through. All that torment and ridicule. Feeling like an outcast with no one to turn to. Waking up with a feeling of sickness at the thought of the day ahead, thinking every day might be your last and that maybe the only way to deal with this problem was to fucking top yourself. Even now, thinking back, this makes me feel really sad. Like, like I should have stood up for him and said something. All those times he was getting shoved into the walls and he was getting bags rattled off the back of his napper. I should have said something like, Look you! 
You prick. You and your narrow-minded views not only hurt this poor chap's feelings, right, but they also put a fucking stamp on our nation. A stamp that says we are prejudiced and bigoted. A stamp that says we are a backwards country still living in the dark ages. A country where we find someone or, or, or where they're from and or what they look like is a is a cause to be violent and aggressive towards them. Well, not today, Kanto. Aye, but then again, he was taking the heat off me, wasn't he? So fuck that wee English prick. Aye. Heavy times, eh? I can I ask you something? Does the world feel different to you? Because it feels different to me. Do you know how everyone feels a bit sadder? Everybody's a bit more worried and stressed all the time. Every cunt's dead serious and nobody can hear a laugh anymore. It's all PC and everything has to be said correctly so as not to offend. Even the Wayans are at it. My nephew. My nephew is constantly worried about his exams. He's, his iPad breaking and what's happening in fucking Greece or Libya or something. See, when I was his age, my biggest worry was how to get out of Gaunty Mass. That's right, Mass. No Maths. And trust me, I fucking hate Maths as well. But fuck. I hated it. Every Sunday night, 6pm, down to St. Gerald's and Bell Silva were dragged. Bane of my life, man. Honestly, it was the most boring hour of my life. It was a constant battle between trying to stay awake and look like you cared and seeing how much of the varnish you could pick off the wee fucking pew. We had this priest, right? Father McGinn. And he was the most boring bastard that you have ever met. He used to come visit us in class in primary school. To chat to us, you know, see how we were getting on, we're learning all about Mary and Jesus and Joseph and all this pish. Make sure you were on the right path and, and, and let you know that God's always watching. He used to do this thing, right, and it really fucking annoyed me. He used to walk about the class and he would take his car key and he would pick his ear with it. I mean, he would dig that fucking key right in deep and he produced this fucking humongous chunk of divine earwax. Gave you the dry bulk, man. And he used to walk around the class as he was talking to us, right? And he would pick up a pencil for your desk. And then he'd walk around the room with it. And he'd put it down on somebody else's desk. And then he'd pick up a ruler for somebody else's desk and do the exact same. And this, this went on for like 30 minutes solidly while he was in chatting to us. I don't even know if he knew what he was doing or whether it was God at work in his very mysterious ways. But see, as soon as he left... There was this almighty rush of Wayne's running around the class, trying to get the stuff back before some wee fud nicked it. You see, I classify that as religion fucking with me. And I do believe that religion's been fucking with me for as long as I can remember. Ever since that big bastard in the black suit and white collar tried to drown me by pouring water over my three-month-old kitten. And then it gets to Lent, and he'd gee up some. Well, Brian, what will you be sacrificing over this most holy period? Eh, uh, Father, well, I've decided to gee up fucking mass, obviously. 
Oh, I and see before your big fast comes up. You can have Ash Wednesday. You can't eat meat in that day, but see it make you feel better. Have some fucking fag ash on your forehead. I do remember one Christmas though, right? It was 1996. I remember that because I got the Scotland goalkeeper top, right? You know the one with the white and yellow and purple red patterns all over it? Proper fucking minging. See when you look back at it? Horrible. At the time though. Oof. I remember wearing that on Christmas morning and, and getting to the chapel and Mr Foy, the wee guy who worked at the church, all right? Uppity prick. He came in and told us that the priest wanted us to do the offertory. Us. The Gallicers. <laughs> Don't mind if we do. Now... See if you're not aware of what the offertory is, you're not missing much. You're basically a glorified waiter who walks down the aisle with the vino and the bread that's meant to be Jesus' body and blood. But see you, 11 year old Brian, this was a big fucking deal. The offertory on Christmas Day, I felt like a fucking celebrity. I walked down that aisle with my 1996 Scotland goalkeeper top on, on Christmas morning like I was a fucking pimp. I went on about it for years. And see, to be honest, no idea why. I still don't. You know the fucked up thing about my primary school was? See literally over the fence. There was a proddy school. There was a two metre fence that kept these two schools apart. It did make for some quality lunch times alright. We would spend hours just hurling abuse at each other. Torrents of unadulterated abuse and the odd shitey sandwich that you never wanted your mother made you. The names would call each other. It was like an old firm man. And again, I really didn't have any idea why we did this. We were the Catholics, they were the prodies. We were good, they were bad. That was it. It was just natural, I guess. I mean, I played with these kids after school, but see, during school time, it was fucking business and they surrender. Like a 90 minute bigot over six hours, five days a week. I mean, my, my folks weren't the Bible bastards or nothing, no, far from it, but but my family were religious. They never spoke badly of anyone and, and were proper loving folk. So the messages that they were teaching me should have been fucking pretty straightforward, eh? And they did. So where did this confused hatred come from? Where was this resentment growing from towards the Catholic Church and religion in general? I mean, was it the fucking countless times that Father McGinn would make an unannounced home visit right in the middle of you being framed? Or was it the vast sums of pocket money I had to put in the wee box every Sunday instead of ploughing it into Fitba stickers or pogs? Or was it all those stories of priests taking advantage of children, committing their canonical offences? Or is it the fact that this huge religious empire is so keen to cover things like that up? You see, you're led to believe all this stuff when you're a child and you're never told any different and that's what fucking infuriates me. It's like not learning your correct history. Selective history, selective religion. You see, see what I'm free? You don't get a choice in the matter. You were either a Catholic or a proddy and, and I mean, that was it. But you know what? It kind of made me resent Catholics. Don't get me wrong. I fucking hated the proddies. But I kind of hated the Catholics and all. Force feeding me all this pish when all I wanted to do was run around and pretend I was Paul McStay. I mean, not for any sectarian reasons or sense of allegiance to Ireland, but because of the fucking beautiful left foot. And I realised that hate is a strong word, but, but I hate the way it made me all feel. 
But and we were lucky because that's all there was when I was a boy and even though it was all on you and I had many fights about it, I never really understood it. Now though, fuck man. It's a whole different ballgame. People are killing each other, protesting other folks' funerals. Folks' heads are getting locked off because of religion. I mean, it honestly blows my mind. Everybody thinks that they're right and their God or whatever is the right one, but just fucking chill out, eh? See, at the end of the day, nobody knows what happens when you die, so get a fucking break and live your own life. I can't give you two shites whether you pray to Allah or a guy with a white beard or an elephant with four arms or a fucking goat that loves dildos. Just fucking stop shoving it down every cunt's throats in the street. And it might seem I'm being a bit unfair here. That I'm, that I'm just looking at the negatives. But there are positives of religion, I'm sure. I mean, the Catholic Church doesn't become one of the richest companies in the world through lack of popularity. So it makes me think of this wee woman, right? She comes into the pub that I go to. She proper believes in God and angels and all that shit. And she comes in, right, and she talks about how if you see a feather, it means there's an angel nearby and we'd be all like, aye, right, Agnes, whatever, another gin. But one day, right, she came in and she started talking about how her man died and left her on her tod. Married 50 years and they never spent a night apart. Full-blown Disney stuff. He used to work down at Ravenscraig before Big Thatcher fucked that up for everybody. Apparently he was a right character, a bit of a Jimmy Reed. Anyway, see, after he died, Agnes was on her own. Her wains had all fucked off down to England somewhere and she had nobody, she was a proper mess. She never left the house on nothing. Anyway, see this, this went on for months. Folks started getting right worried about her and and then one day she just appeared in the pub again, fucking happy as Larry. Just as if old Charlie was still alive. Chatting away and laughing and going on about the odd angel here and there and that big Charlie was watching her. But I mean, her and Charlie weren't even known for being mad religious. But it turns out that Father McGinn, he'd taken it upon himself to visit Agnes on one of his many unannounced visits. After that, she was at chapel twice a week and never anything but nice and always had a smile on her face, even if she did go on about the fucking odd angel a bit too much. You see, that's where it works, eh? That's where religion works. It gives desperate people in desperate times a chance. Aye. Desperate people, but that's a funny concept though, isn't it? Desperate people and how, how religion is using them, whether or not they know, they know they're doing it. But do you mind all those old movies? The ones set way back in like 19 canteen. The ones where you'd have all these travelling salesmen strolling into town with their carts and they set up in the middle of the street with their really nice suits and bowling hats and they'd get the whole fucking step right up, step right up, miracle cure for all your ailments or fucking... One the strength ointment, get the strength of ten men. And all these wee poor sick idiots, right, they'd come run and give them the last pennies for this bottle of pish. And you'd get a shot of the salesman giving a pure sneaky smile into the camera whilst counting all his dosh. Oh, that's what fucking religion is, isn't it? Just one big bunch of sleek at bastards praying on the weak and the stupid. People that have got nowhere left to turn, the pure swoop in with all these stories which make the folk feel better and, and give them something. I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it doesn't sit right with me. Maybe we should all just take a plunge, eh? I mean, maybe we should just all take a plunge, eh? I mean, everything's fucked, innit? There's quite literally fuck all jobs in it. There's no prospects other than taking a tinny and tanning your sorrows to fuck. Watching 
fucking horrendous TV with Big Brother in the shite like that and getting pissed off and ignoring every fucking bell that comes through that door. Everything's fucked, man. Fuck it, man. You know what? See if it worked for Agnes. It'll work for me. Dear. Dear God. Like, I know. I know it's been a while. And I know we've not exactly seen face to face for some time. And I'm not actually quite sure whether I believe in you or no. But I'm thinking if you could maybe. If you could maybe find it in your ever loving heart to maybe just. Maybe just. Strike down that fucking prick, Craig Levine, so Celtic can do the treble treble. I'd be eternally grateful. Cheers, Breebs. Religion. Can he fucking whack it? So I, that's it. That's my first podcast done. It was alright. I mean, I did have the material lying around for fucking years and years, so it's well rehearsed, I guess. So I, I uh, try and do this on a weekly basis with varying topics. Um... So I, I'll catch you next week. I'm going to play out a song by a band called Angelic Boys Who Walk on Water. They're from Glasgow. You can catch them as you can catch me on Facebook and Podbean, etc. Um, their album is out now. Music for a film called When in Rome. My name's Breeps and this has been the Hell Mend Me podcast. <laughs> <laughs>